So let's get the show on the road. So let's get the show on the road. By the way, let me just give you a piece of dialogue that I used. Oh, but let me just finish. Australia would be right up the top. Australia would be right up the top if there was an NRL ladder or an AFL ladder right now with the way COVID has panned out. America's a mess. Europe's all over the shop, right? So you turn around and you say to yourself, man, you've got to be grateful and um, just so good. Russell, well done on all the great work you're doing. Anyway, let me share with you a dialogue that I used on, see, I don't know, uh, the gym members may know this, but others may not, that I'm very soon releasing uh, 43 brand new pieces of dialogue, scripts and winning words in a framework that I've never ever produced before. You won't get these on YouTube. You won't get these on, you know, any of the social media platforms. It's new content that is being rolled out to my real estate gym members as part of the process of designing the content before I get signed off and actually uh, put it out there. I test it out and I tested, uh, I tested one out on Saturday and it worked an absolute treat. So if I just want you to picture what happened, we were around twenty or thirty thousand dollars short on getting an offer accepted on an auction property, and the owner said, "No, listen, I'm not going to accept it. The market is booming. I'm reading what all the media is saying. Hey, Dominica, and um, I'm going to I'm going to hold off, and I'm going to hold off because I know that even if I don't sell it before Christmas, I'm going to sell it um, next year because the market's only going to get better and better." interest rates are low, etc., etc. And then I said to him, how certain are you of that? Out of role play for one moment. You see, for someone to make a decision, they've got to have certainty, not any form of doubt. And what I did is actually ask a question that then gets that person to ask that question to themselves and allow their subconscious mind to quickly do a gauge and say, how 100% certain am I on this? And then I followed it up with this. Could it be possible that early next year, when JobKeeper's gone, and the holidays of mortgages are gone, and the hangover from what has happened this year with the government and all the free champagne that they've been handing out, could it be possible that your home is actually worth $50,000 less? And this buyer frenzy of seven buyers that we have today aren't going to be there next year. And if you actually notice the words I'm using, could it be possible is something that is used in a courtroom. In a courtroom, you'll see barristers often use those words could it be possible? 
You see, what they're doing is allowing people to become aware that there is an alternative route. There is an alternative option that there is something that could be alternative from what is now. And um, I've got to tell you that we got that deal done. And the reason I also like it, it's not argumentative with commission breath. And I'll often use, and one of the other pieces of dialogue, you know, I'm going to you know, share with you right now that my gym members are going to get. In fact, Susan, I would open up the gym now in case people want to join and they can get crack into the content. Um, and then when the course, you know, drops in, um, they can have it there straight away. Um, another piece of content that I love agents to start using is this. I'm not sure if it's for you, but... You see, when you ask that question, I'm not sure if it's for you, but... Automatically, there's a voice in someone's head that says but why wouldn't it be for me? And they become curious. And then you can say something like this, I'm not sure if it's for you, but would you be interested in hearing on our list now launch later strategy? Bang. The third script was, this is the one I shared with Josh Tesselin's training last week. When you're chasing up expired listings, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, how open-minded would you be to sit down with me for 10 minutes where I can explain to you how we sell properties that have been on the market for three months with other agents in 72 hours? You see, the reason, we, reason why this works so well is this, because everyone wants to be open-minded. No one wants to be a bigot. No one wants to be considered or seen as bureau as being narrow-minded. So guys and girls, what I'd love you to do is to, um, you know what I'd love you to do? I'd love you to go to realestategym.com.au. Susan's put in the link there. Yes, I'm selling, but I've got to tell you, when you know it's good for other people, um, they get more value. Um, they're going to benefit. They're going to get more listings. They're going to make more sales. They're going to get more deals done together. Uh, you actually think you're doing people a favour. Um, so, guys and girls, let me move on to tonight's topic. And tonight's topic is a very important topic because I can't help it. I see a lot of real estate agents that are rich, but they're not wealthy. And when I say rich, you see, rich is having money to buy things that people can see. That's rich, right? That's rich. Rich is, rich is, and I want to define the difference. I want to define the difference. Rich is having money to buy things. What are those things? They might be you're able to, to put a, a, de a deposit on a, uh, on a car and then to pay for the rest of the car by a novated car lease or a higher purchase agreement. Um, 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 or rich is being able to uh, eat at um, expensive restaurants uh, once a week. Um, rich is something that externally you can see that these things cost money. And what I notice, what I notice is that a lot of real estate agents, 
good ones are rich but not wealthy. Wealthy is that you don't buy objects. What you do is you create a life where you control your time. Think about that. Wealthy means you wake up and you say, I will do what I want to do today. I'm not going to have a vendor, an employer, a third party to tell me how I'm going to control my life. And I'm going to tell you, as you listen to this rant tonight, I'm hoping that you're going to shift beliefs about money and you're going to begin to realize that being wealthy is far better than being rich. You see, being rich is a terrible triangle because what, how rich works is this. What happens is you work really hard. You slave to make money, right? And then what you do is you buy things. You buy things and then these things cost you money. And what happens is that then you've got to keep slaving in that, in that vicious circle to buy things and work hard. And then the weird thing is, is you've got this thing in your head that people look at you and are envious of you. No, 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 no. This is something you've got to grasp. You know that guy that's driving that 400,000 Ferrari? Well, let me tell you, you know when someone's looking at it and admiring it, they're actually not admiring the driver. They're actually admiring what they would look like being in that Ferrari. And I think that if you begin to understand this concept, you begin to realize this social treadmill that people get onto is actually a recipe for unhappiness in life. And I want you to really get tuned into what I'm saying here today. Because if you can understand that if you choose to not play the game of rich, but to play the game of wealthy, what will happen is you won't be happy just for two months because that's roughly what it takes before familiar, familiarity sets in. And then you begin to actually not enjoy the thing you bought. And then what happens is you have this unmet need that then develops to go to the next ladder. Example, you start off with the Honda CRV. You then move into uh, Jeep Cherokee. You then move into, uh, you know, Toyota uh, uh, Land Cruiser. You then move into a Porsche Macan. So what you're doing is you keep going up and up. And the reason why is the law of familiarity says this, that after a period of time, a month, two months, you get accustomed to this thing and the desire that you had for it subsides because you've got used to it. Hey, Mark, you've got used to it. And what happens is because you get used to it, you then are looking for the next thing. But you see, people that get wealthy, you sometimes can't see that they've got things, right? But what they have got is something special. And that is they've got control of their time. 
they've got control of their life and they don't fall into the trap of working hard, slaving their guts, being stressed out, buying things that they don't really need to impress people they don't care about. Guys and girls, do you understand the secret to happiness is to be able to choose to live your life on your terms. And I'm going to share with you a couple of very important strategies to help achieve that. But I want you to understand the law of unmet needs says this, that what will actually happen is no matter what you buy, what car you buy, there is going to be a short period afterwards where you're going to get used to that car. And then what will happen, it will be the next car and then the next car and then the next car, right? And you'll still be the person that will wake up and thinking, shit, how I'm going to make all this money, right? I'm also going to share with you the law of unmet need says this, I will always have needs that are not met if I am on the social treadmill, if I'm on the social treadmill. And I'm going to say to you, with rich people, you can see it because you can see the external things. But with wealthy people, you can't because you don't know what they're doing with their money. But all you can see is with wealthy people, they wake up and every day is great. Every day is great. Not just for two months because you've got an item. Hi, Taney. So a couple of the strategies I want to share with you on how to become wealthy. And we're going to target them towards real estate because we are in real estate. Um, it's getting darker, so I'm going to have to go very, very quickly. The first thing I want you to understand, when you're investing, short-term versus long-term, flipping versus holding, growth versus yield, three important concepts to know. Short-term versus long-term, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm a much prefer a long-term person, right? But there is a, you know, there, there is times, there is times that you can actually make money in the short term. It could be that you actually buy a house like one I sold at Elwood on Saturday and you actually put, you know, two, uh, put a duplex on there, right? And you'll probably end up, you know, let me just give you the numbers because I actually did the numbers on that one, right? So the property sold for $2,350,000. To build a duplex, it would cost you $1.4 million. So that's 700 each. That takes your total investment to $37 million, right? Add another 200000 in extra costs, which is stamp duty, selling costs, blah, 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 takes it to uh, 3950, but you can sell. So that's roughly 4 million. That's what it costs you to do all of that. But you can sell for 4.4, leaves you 400,000. That's an example of a short term play, right? That's an example of a short term play. A longer term play, a longer term play is something like hey, let me give you an example. A longer term play is that you buy something for, you know, $700,000 that what it does is the interest only, if you borrow the whole lot, it's going to cost you 14 grand, right? That's roughly on 2%. Then in addition to that, what you do is I'm going to add another two or three thousand, say $2,000 in other, you know, incidentals, you know, council rates, water rates, takes it to 16. But 
that kind of property, 700 grand at the moment, is going to get you roughly in metro areas $25,000 worth of income, which means you're $9,000 in front. With interest rates being at 2%, it is impossible to negative gear, right? It is impossible to negative gear. There's an example of playing the long game where you buy it, you put it there, you get the contract, you put it in the drawer, and you make money while you sleep, right? That's the end of the story. You make money while you sleep. Warren Buffett says it. They said to Warren Buffett, mate, can I, can I ask you, Warren, if your s- formula is, 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 is so easy and it's so clear, why doesn't everyone do it? And his response was, I suppose people don't like to get rich slowly, right? There's an example of that. The next thing I want you to understand is the concept of um, growth versus yield. In my 20s and 30s, I bought properties that had shit yields but they were high on growth. Newtown, that's where I bought Newtown. Newtown, Enmore, right? What happened is you were getting yields of around 1.5% net, right after cost, which is terrible, but they were going up 10, 12% a year, right? But as I'm getting older, I'm over 50, right? What actually happens is I'm looking at yield plays, right? Um, and the reason that is, is all you're looking for is cash flow so you can live a wealthy life and you can just do what you want to do. Wake up. Hey, sunny day. Let's go to Byron. Um, it's pouring down. It's raining. I don't want to go out to appointments where you actually have choices. Do it because you want to, not because you have to. That's what I'm getting at, guys and girls. And I'm going to quickly go through and share with you a couple of other examples of, you know, um, where you can make money in property. Blocks of units. You buy a block of unit. Example, $3 million. That means each unit costs you 500 Six times five is $3 million. And then what actually happens is individually these units are, say, worth 700000 But because you actually were able to operate in a space where there was less buyers, you were able to buy the whole block at three mil. Now, individually they're worth seven hundred. Six sevens are 4.2, which basically says on paper there's $1.2 million in value that you've already inherited, that you've picked up $1.2 million in value. Now you turn around and say it's going to roughly cost you about 300 grand in subdividing. So there's roughly about a million dollars. And then you go to the bank, you get it revalued and you just made a million bucks. Guys and girls, I'm going to spend more time over the Sunday night rants talking to you about money. Why? Because at the end of the day, you pretty much have to understand, you will spend, you'll spend the money that you make in your employment. It's your assets. It's making money while you sleep is where the real value comes. And uh, guys and girls, I'm going to finish off and give you some basic rules because it is getting dark. Some basic rules on understanding becoming wealthy, not rich, right? Not rich. Rich is all show, right? I'm talking about wealthy where you choose to live your life each day. That'll put a smile on your face. Number one. Firstly, become BIW in your work. Become the best you possibly can because that's going to make you the highest income earner. And making money is going to help you have a magnificent life. Number two, you should be buying assets that are going to grow as soon as you can. So you've got to start working very well with a broker. You should be buying as soon as you can. Number three, because do you understand... Do you know that Warren Buffett 
get ready for this. 90% of Warren Buffett's wealth happened after he was age 50 because he started investing at age 10. And what happens is the compound effect kept adding up and adding up. Do you understand that concept? I'll say it again. Warren Buffett, 90% of his wealth came after the age of 50. Why? Because of the compound effect. So that's why I'm saying you've got to get in early. You've got to get in early and you've got to make money and you've got to speak to your broker and you've got to be able to buy as soon as you can. Number three, be patient. Be patient and don't let fear and greed become the forces of your decision. Be patient and don't let fear and greed affect your decision. Don't get me wrong. When, don't get me wrong. When we had COVID-19, right, I had a bit of fear and greed. But you know what? I didn't panic, but I, I did overreact. So you know what I say? Overreact, but don't panic. Overreact means finding out your best options and then going all in. Panic is that you make illogical decisions because you don't sit there and think them through. And by the way, can I just share a very quick one here? Do you know that Bill Gates said the other day that luck was very important in his success? And he went on to say that luck plays a part in success for people at the high end. It does. And you know what he said? He said that if he hadn't gone to the high school that he'd gone Microsoft would not have existed. Why? It was the only school that had a computer. Do you understand that? So yes, when you add luck to skill and hustle, but I share this with you because if you are super successful, don't be so arrogant to think that it was just you. Luck does play a role. It's a contributor particularly for the super, super successful, right? Things happen, and that's come from Bill Gates. The next thing is, number four, don't play the social treadmill. Everything you want right now, you're going to get used to, and it's just going to be this terrible treadmill. Don't play, just be aware of it. Remember also, don't worry too much about buying assets to impress other people. They're not impressed by you. They're impressed by the asset. So you can let go of this thing. Hey, they're watching me, right? And the last thing I was going to say is that the only time I would spend money and energy on showing that you're rich is potentially when you're single and you want to put social cues out there that you're a person that's moving ahead. It might help you actually attract a partner. I don't know. It might attract you the partner that you want. Maybe they're going to want you for your money. But all I'm saying is that, you know, like at where I'm in my life, you know, I'm really enjoying um, Zoom living where I can wear a pair of shorts, put a t-shirt on and not too fussed about um, the views of other people have of me. But I can pretty much tell you guys and girls, 
that if you follow what I spoke about in this video, it's the beginning of you beginning to understand that um, wealthy is different from being rich. And uh, I want to thank you so much for many of you that have sent me kind messages about the post that I put up today, me in the gym this morning. Believe me, the post is not there to, uh, to be showing off. I'm actually extremely proud. I'm extremely proud because it's only felt, it's only been a year or two where I was sitting inside a chemo ward. I just buried my brother and I was just beginning my own nine months of treatment, fighting for my own life. And to be able to look backwards and say, shit, hey, that was temporary. It's not permanent. And the fact is, your illness, your past illness, does not define you. What defines you is your mental strength, your courage, your resilience, the fact that even though the world was falling apart in front of your eyes and there was nothing you could do about it, what you did is you think about what was possible and you chose to believe that what was coming was better than what you were going through and you chose to believe that your future was going to be a lot better than what it was right now and you chose to believe that this was simply another difficult step leading to you leading your life to a beautiful destination if you are going through a difficult time right now guys and girls I want you to use me as a reference point to let you know where you are now is not where you can be. God bless you.